And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan D. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and read the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. would also be greatly appreciated. Our off-season outlook division series continues on a Saturday. The Double Doink Podcast doesn't stop, baby. Coming to you, recording on a Saturday morning. My friend, Eric Warner. What's going on? Not much, Brendan. Uh, I assume you were out there shoveling out the uh, driveway this morning. You assume wrong. I was not. I was sleeping. <laughs> so much freaking snow out there. Today. We got dumped on. It's March 4th, and it's the biggest <laughs> snowstorm of the year. What's the, the groundhog? Did the groundhog predict six more weeks of winter? Oh, that's a good question. I Pensatucky? Ponsatucky? Ponsatucky Phil or whatever yeah. his name is. I, uh, I don't know what he picked, but... Drove past Riverside on the way here, so I think we're, I'm guessing, six weeks until golf season. Riverside is a golf course, by the way, just in case yeah. you don't know. But I'm, I guess it's six weeks from today we'll yeah. be teeing it up. Hopefully. April 15th is kind of the goal. That's the that's the date I've had set in mind. Golf season is almost here. And you know what season also is here? The NFL offseason. It is in full swing, like we've been saying. Getting closer to the uh, the franchise tag deadline, which is on Tuesday, once that passes, we'll see a lot. We'll have a lot more clarity on kind of the big names that are in free agency and what teams are going to do. And the biggest name, probably the most sought after free agent on the market, the most talked about free agent on the market, the biggest kind of name in the offseason for NFL this offseason is Lamar Jackson. Today, we were we talked about on the last, at the end of last episode, we were going to push off the AFC North just because to see if we have some clarity on the Lamar Jackson situation, but we decided. Let's fucking just roll with it. Let's let's have the Lamar Jackson conversation. We haven't really talked about it too much on this podcast. Let's uh let's dive into it. The AFC North offseason outlook. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, I'm gonna start with this question. What do you think happens with Lamar Jackson? Not what you would do. What do you think the the actual end game is? I think Lamar Jackson remains a Raven. How I kind of wanted to start this topic was picture the quarterback landscape as dominoes. Who's the first domino that starts the chain? Is it Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? I think it's probably Aaron Rodgers. You'll get. I think we'll get a decision on Aaron Rodgers because he's making the decision, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think if Aaron Rodgers says he's leaving, teams will prioritize going after Aaron Rodgers first. And then I think that will dilute the market a little bit. And that allows an easier path for Lamar Jackson to return to Baltimore. If Aaron Rodgers says I'm staying, which I think is unlikely at this point, but Mm -hmm. let's just play fantasy land. He says, I'm staying. All of a sudden there's some quarterback hungry teams. I think are going to come after Lamar harder than they would. If Aaron Rodgers was unavailable. So, half agree with you. I do think the Aaron Rodgers market, and there's a lot fewer teams for the Aaron Rodgers market than there is for the Lamar Jackson market. Like, if you're trading for Aaron Rodgers, you need to win ASAP Rocky. Um, I so, think both. I think in both Lamar and Rodgers' case, I think it's what do the New York Jets do? I think they'll be the hungriest yeah. to get one of those two. I. My prediction would be either Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback for the New York Jets next year. They're not going to swing and miss on both of these guys. Like, for instance, like I, I think 
I know we're kind of starting off in a weird spot here, but I think the Atlanta Falcons is a perfect fit for Lamar Jackson. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons would go get Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, I don't think the Washington, the Washington Commanders would probably be in the Lamar Jackson market, which is a whole other story because of their ownership issues, who, who's paying that deal. I don't think they're in the Aaron Rodgers market. Like, I think there's more teams in the Lamar Jackson bucket right. than the Aaron Rodgers bucket. He's a lot younger. Yeah, a lot younger. You, you, you kind of get your say in the contract and, and whatnot. You don't have to give up draft capital to get – or wait, would you have to trade for Lamar? Yeah, so he's currently set as a free agent right now. But My guess is what we're going to see in the next couple of days is Lamar Jackson will be franchise tagged by Tuesday because that just gives the Ravens – more time. window to negotiate. Yeah, it's, a, it's a basically yeah. a time uh, a time tag. Now, there's two types of franchise tags they can place on him, the non-exclusive and exclusive. The non-exclusive tag would give the Ravens full control. It's I think it's $42 million is the quarterback franchise tag. So that's one-year $42 million deal. No team can try to sign him. There's no offer sheets or anything like that. Um, I think that's the exclusive tag. Yeah, that is, yeah that's so I have it backwards. Yeah. The non-exclusive tag would be they can they put the tag on him and then a team could sign him to a contract. The Ravens would have to match it, or they get two first round picks. I don't think that's going to happen because two first round picks isn't enough for Lamar Jackson. So why would the Ravens do that? Put, you're kind of you're opening your you're opening the doors for another team to swoop in and kind of mess everything up. So I'm assuming I'm assuming the franchise tag will be placed on Lamar Jackson by Tuesday. Now I don't see a pathway for him playing on the franchise tag. He does not want to do that. Mm -hmm. Two, you can't have Lamar Jackson sit out for a long period of time at training camp. We discussed this before the podcast. They are bringing in Todd Munkin, the offense coordinator from Georgia. He has to install an entirely new offense. Lamar's only known Greg Roman's offense. Exactly. He hasn't played in any other system in the NFL other than Greg Roman's. It was time to move on from Greg Roman. It was getting to the point of doing the same thing over and over again is borderline insanity. Definition of insanity, baby. Needed a fresh intake. What's your take on the Georgia coach getting the promotion from college to the big leagues? I I like, I I think Tom Monk is a fine hire. He's had offensive coordinator experience in the NFL. He's offensive coordinator in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. So I think it's a fine swing. Georgia's offense obviously did okay with Stenson Bennett um, as quarterback. He's kind of limited there. So, I think that's completely fine hire. We'll see how that goes. But you're right. Lamar needs to be in training yeah, camp. Yeah, for this to work. Yeah. Like, he, he can't sit out. You can't have him come in after the first preseason game or whatever, after a holdout. Like, the situation has to be solved by whoever, like, I guess, and by the draft, I'm guessing, right? Like, they're, I don't see it lagging on after by the draft. I think this process is probably going to still lag on for at least another month. But what would you do if you're the Baltimore Ravens? I think is the other question to this. Oh, wow. I should have been prepared for that question. <laughs> like, if you do, you pay him. Do you think Lamar Jack, Deshaun Watson's contract is a five year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal? That is the contract that Lamar Jackson is apparently asking for. That is also the contract that the NFL PA is asking for. This is another kind of weird part of this contract negotiations. There's so many pressure points yeah. on the Ravens right now. You have. Lamar himself, who is your franchise quarterback. You have the fans who all have their number eight jerseys. Lamar Jackson, he's their guy. The fans want him back. On the other side of things, you have the owners of the league who are scared shitless that he's going to get a fully guaranteed contract. The owners, every single one of them, 
does not want fully guaranteed contracts to, be, to become the norm. They're all pissed at the Browns for giving Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed money. They do not want that to be the precedent. So you have these pressure points coming from the fan base and from the owners. And what do the Baltimore Ravens and Eric DaCosta do here? I also, I kind of, I just don't see a world where fully guaranteed money becomes the norm. No. I, I, I kind of agree. I think if the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are going to make amends and for it to work, there needs to be some sort of compromise here. I would be absolutely shocked if Lamar Jackson gets a five-year, 230 fully guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson. I don't think the Ravens would have done it by now. Like, what's changing in the next month? And the other thing is, too, is the Ravens kind of fucked this up because this should have been done last year. This was it was in your wheelhouse. You had Lamar Jackson one more year left to do it. That's when teams typically sign a, con a quarterback contract, especially for a guy like Lamar Jackson, how talented he is. You don't wait this out like the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. The more attention Lamar, Lamar gets wasn't on budging it. on fully guaranteed yeah, money. That's true. What I think, like ultimately, just my take on this. I think the Ravens would be absolutely insane to move him. I, right. I don't do. I think, I think if you asked me this question uh, right after the Super Bowl ended, I would have said, I don't think there's any chance Lamar Jackson is going to get traded. I'm almost at like a 50, 50 now yeah, where I I'm, think it could happen. I'm right there yeah. too in the middle. If he were to be moved though, wouldn't you, you would have to be getting something back that helps plug the hole, the massive hole mm. that you'd have at quarterback. Atlanta is an interesting option I think there. I, I almost like they're eight. They're they have the eighth overall yeah. pick in this draft, and they've like Atlanta to me is just like the the most seamless drop in drop in and play fit. Like they have the wide receiver talent around. You have Drake London. Um, you Kyle have Kyle Pitts. Pitts. You have Arthur Smith, who's ran that Ryan Tannehill offense, like the play action, get the quarterback on the move. I think that would be a perfect fit for Lamar Jackson. I, I, to me, that seems like the most likely team if there was going to be a team out there that's going to give up the draft capital. And the money, they have the cap space as well. Ultimately, I, I, I think the Ravens completely botched this, like I said just a minute ago. I was digging into like some stats on like Lamar. Like how good has he been with the Ravens? How much have they helped him? Lamar Jackson as a starter over five years is 46 and 15. They were they did not win a game with him in 2021 without him in 2021. I think they won one or two. Right this year with Tyler Huntley, I don't know what Tyler Huntley's record is, but it's been they've been a bad offense without Lamar Jackson and a good offense with Lamar Jackson. They ranked 19th in weighted DVOA last year, so the last eight games of the season on offense, and they were 12th with him before that. And another thing is too is like this is the situation the Ravens put themselves in. They fucked this up. They did not help Lamar Jackson whatsoever during his five years in the league. Over the last four years, the Ravens have spent 263 million dollars on offense. That is dead last in the NFL by wow. a wide margin. 31st ranked in wide receiver spending. If you were to take a look at the wide receivers that the Ravens have acquired through the draft over the last couple of years, you have Tyler, Tylen Wallace, um, Devin Duvernay, Rashad Bateman, and James Prochet. Those guys have averaged 15 yards per game combined over those, over those, yeah. over that stretch. They they have failed to put players around him. They have failed to help him out. 
Lamar, they, this is they're due to pay him. Like they, Lamar Jackson has completed his contract obligations with the Ravens. He has brought. He's won an MVP, a unanimous MVP, one of the best quarterback seasons we've seen in a very long time. He is only 26 years old. He is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He deserves to get paid. It's time for the Ravens to pay up. If they don't want to pay up, they have to trade him. I am all on Lamar Jackson's side of this, not on the Ravens' side of this. I think the Ravens are a great organization. Eric Tacosta, in my opinion, is a very good general manager. They are a well-run, stable organization, but they have completely blew this. Yeah, I guess the one piece I would have there, a little bit of pushback, the wide receiver spending, I think that also is part and to do with Greg Roman's offense kind of deprioritizes the wide receiver position. They I'm surprised that overall the offense they were they spent that little around because I feel like they've had one of the best run games since yes. Lamar walked into it's, the But Lamar Jackson is the run game. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like he is the reason the run game is so good. Like though Tyler Huntley's a perfect example of this. He's not Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jack when he's in the uh when he's in the lineup, the run game doesn't move as well. Yeah. The pass game doesn't move as well. Lamar Jackson is the Ravens offense. He has been the Ravens offense since he got there. You take that out, they're stuck. Like what are the let's what do you think Lamar Jackson is worth in a trade? Like if you were oh. the Atlanta Falcons, what are you giving up from? Because reminder, you have to pay him as well. So yeah. that's obviously in the cards. I think two first round picks, two second round picks is like the bare minimum. Yeah, I so when I'm talking hypothetical trades like this, Atlanta has a top 10 pick. I consider a guaranteed top 10 pick almost as valuable as like a first and a second. You know what I mean? Rather than I'd rather get the eighth overall pick than a future first and a future second, because you don't know where those picks are going to be. If you're telling me I'm giving the eighth overall pick, that's instantly far more valuable to me than a future first. So if you're giving me the eighth overall pick, I think it would take eighth, a future pick a future first and maybe a, only a third to be honest. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to dictate what like how much is worth it. But I just market. I don't I don't push back on Baltimore's team building personally. Like I believe 3 years ago and 2 years ago you picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Last season I picked the Ravens. But to Lamar go to the Super Jackson Bowl. was the reason I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Like he and has their roster. You got to give credit to their roster. The wide receiver position has been an absolute black hole for this team. You can, like, remember the loss to the Buffalo Bills? Was it two years ago, right? They, the Ravens had the number one seed. Was that 2019? And they lost to the Bills? Was it? I can't remember. They had a bad loss to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. Was that 2020 or, or 2019? I think it would have been 2020, actually. I can't remember. Um, they, when they get down in games in the playoffs, they were just had a bad passing offense. The concepts were rough. Greg Roman did not install a good passing offense. And that was due to the fact that they were severely limited on the outside. Like think of the guys that they tried to bring in like Sammy Watkins, like Deshaun Jackson, like they're, yeah. they're, they're plugging band-aid. We're going back to this reference, a band-aid on a broken wall, baby. Like they need to, they need to solidify mm-hmm. that position. And that's another reason why they can't play on the franchise. Like you can't have a 45, $42 million cap hit or whatever it is this year. Like it will completely cripple what the Ravens want to do. If you sign them to a long-term contract, you can obviously push money to future years. The cap, it will be a lot smaller. They can wiggle their way around that. They're, they're in, I feel bad for Ravens management and I feel bad for the organization because this is a really tough, a tough spot. Having said that, I think they put themselves in the spot. So they obviously deserve a ton of blame. I'm, I'm pretty much at a 50, 50 here. I don't know what's going to happen. I think this, there's so many different avenues. This can go. There is so many avenues. I agree with that. I guess I'll just end the 
what I have on this with just saying I think this franchise is going to be in a fine spot because they are run so well. They're coached by John Harbaugh. He's been there for 15 years. He has double-digit wins in 9 of those 15 years. He has a playoff win in ten, at least 10 of those 15 years, including the Super Bowl. I think this team is, whatever route they go, I have confidence that the Baltimore Ravens will still be a competitive team. They always are. As long as we've been alive, the Baltimore Ravens have been without a competitive the, team. So with that, let's say they trade Lamar Jackson. You fully believe they will be competitive next year? I believe they will find a way. Who is the quarterback? Tyler Huntley is also a free agent now too. Pro Bowl Tyler Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I couldn't give you an answer on that, but I just I believe in the logo on the helmet. The Baltimore Ravens are a competitive football team. So you could put a Ravens logo on who, whoever you want, but if the Ravens logo is on Gardner Minshew throwing to James Prochet and du- Devin Duvernay in a whole new offense, yeah. how's that looking? I agree. You know. We'll see. We'll evaluate that when yeah, we get yeah. there. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the team before we move off. I think this team needs a whole new receiver room. I'm pretty sure I made that pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> Rashad Bateman is coming back from injury. Did you? I wrote about this at the score. Did you see Rashad Bateman's comments about Eric DeCosta? That was that was pretty. I don't know if attacking your GM on Twitter is the best way to, to, to do things. Pretty odd thing for Rashad Bateman to do. But basically, if you guys haven't seen Rashad Bateman attacked Eric DeCosta for his comments about the receiver room, Eric DeCosta said or was asked about what the pro, why they've had so many problems at the receiver room. And Eric DeCosta said, if I had answers, I we would obviously have better receivers, which I actually <laughs> thought was an okay answer. He was yeah. he was basically being accountable. Like he was he wasn't making yeah, excuses. He was saying, I've made mistakes. Exactly. Like, so yeah. but obviously it could rub I could see why Rashad Bateman was a little upset. Rashad Bateman was a first round pick. He just had he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's only played yeah. um eighteen games over the last two years. I still believe Rashad Bateman's a good football player. I really like him coming out of the draft. I think he has the potential to be number one receiver, but he has to prove it. Devin Duvernay is, I think, a number three receiver. So they need to add like at least two bona fide NFL ready receivers this offseason. How are they going to do that? You're probably looking at the draft. Um, the Ravens still have all the draft picks and whatnot. No, they do not. They do not. Um, their second round pick is owned by the Chicago oh, Bears. Correct. For yes. Roquan Smith. Yeah. And I believe they're seventh as well. So they have okay. first, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. This mock I have up here currently uh, by Tankathon has. Jackson Smith Najigba to them at 23. That obviously way too early to predict that, but we're talking about investing in the wide receiver position. If they can somehow land JSN at 23, I think they'll be happy. And this team every single year walks away at the end of the first round and you're like, how'd they do this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait, what? They got Kyle Hamilton and uh, Linderbaum. Yeah. Like two starters for the next eight years, just in one draft. Like they always do it. So JSN to them at 23 doesn't seem like crazy to me. And the other thing when I was looking at this roster, I was like, there's not, they don't have many holes to fill. They have some defensive free agents, Marcus Peters, Jason Pierre-Paul, Kyle Fuller, Justin Houston. Those guys, you can, you can replace those dudes. Like they have the majority of their team intact. And one of my, I guess my Juan Smith now is the leader of that defense. Exactly. And one of my biggest takeaways when I was doing this exercise for Ravens, I thought, man, if Lamar Jackson was signed, like yeah. the, the future, like yeah. they would be, they, you could argue they would be the contending to the Kansas city chiefs as the best team in the AFC. If Lamar Jackson's situation was settled, we're going right to talk now. about a team next. That, <laughs> Are we doing the Browns next? What do you want? Oh, to talk I was about? thinking we would do the Bengals. The Bengals next. next? Okay. Yeah, they're we'll, we'll a team the that will be contending with the yeah. chiefs for a long but time. Like, but like, let's say Lamar, like, let's say they do sign Lamar Jackson, right? They, everything gets settled. This team is going to be a top 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're a, They'd be a division contender. Exactly. I think you. I would probably take the Ravens over the Bengals if they, let's say, get Jackson Smith and Jingba and Lamar Jackson sign and they fill these holes. Like this team is in such a good spot outside of their young quarterback, uh, MVP young quarterback, which is the big domino that could completely flip this team from being a potential division winner to a potential bottom five team yeah. in the NFL. 22 million expected cap space, so they'll be able to plug yeah, those they still holes. Have cap space. Yeah, like Eric Tacosta has done a good job managing the money so far. So big, big month ahead for the Baltimore Ravens fans and organization. Okay, Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you want to start with this one? I think the big conversation is just the Joe Burrow and T. Higgins contract extensions that are inevitable at this point. Yeah, they got 33 mil in expected cap space. I mean, I know they took they took quite a bit of heat last offseason for not spending more money. Typical Bengals fashion, they were cheap. But I think their GM did look big picture. And you got these guys in T. Higgins and Joe Burrow that you cannot let them walk out the door. They have the money to pay them. I think this is going to be a stress-free offseason. I think both those guys are going to get their money. I don't know how much more they have to prove in order to get that paycheck. I guess the only scenario where I don't see them both stress-free signings, does somebody come in with a out of this world offer for T Higgins, like the type of like it's a possibility. What's the Godfather offer you can't refuse? like the Tyree, like the Tyree kill trade. Basically you give that capital for Tyree kill and look, the wide receiver market is bare bones this offseason. Yeah. So there could be uh, an Avenue where the Bengals get a trade offer. They can't refuse. I, we, we brought this up before the podcast as well. I think they would be idiotic to move him. I think Same. I am a big T Higgins guy. This is a big T Higgins pro double uh, podcast. Sorry. We both like him. I think he's a number one wide receiver on, 12 teams in the league, potentially. So I wouldn't move him. Joe Burrow's going to get a big contract extension. He's probably going to reset the market, in my opinion. Joe Burrow deserves it. He's I think he's the second-best quarterback in the NFL right now behind Patrick Mahomes. So he he's going to get paid. Higgins is going to get paid. It's funny. This team, if you looked at what they did last year, they really didn't do anything at all, like you said. Yeah. They ran it back, and I thought it was they, a great they call. They invested in the O-line. Yeah. They did. They did. They what? Yeah. Yeah. They brought in <laughs> we can, I don't want to Ted open that Harrison, can once again. Yeah. Uh, Alex, Alex Kappa. Kappa. So let's stick on the O line here for a sec. Lael Collins is probably going to be a cap casualty, so they're going to need a new he's right tackle. Off a really bad injury. Yeah. Isn't he? He's also due some money, so he's probably going to get uh, get cut. They're going to need a new right tackle. They're also going to need a new tight end room. Both their tight ends are free agents: Hayden Hurst and Andrew Sample. So they're going to need to replace those guys. Hayden Hurst was a fine one year free agent signing. I thought. He was, it's crazy to say he was a top 10 tight end last year. The yeah. tight, end, tight ends is just another bare bones. I'm still on Tankathon's mock draft. They have them at 29, selecting a tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Oh, I like a Dalton Kincaid. This is like the best. I don't know if you've seen this. It's the best tight end draft class in like wow. a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So they can find one there. You can probably plug and play a right tackle, maybe second, third round or whatever. You can probably find they one have in free all agency. Their draft picks. Yeah. So they should be able to plug those holes in. On defense, it's a little bit different because they basically ran back the defense that brought them to the Super Bowl in 2021. The defense played well again. They were 11th in DVOA. They shut down the Bills in, in the playoff game. They made Josh Allen kind of look crazy and bad. So I, I think the, de- the the bare bones of the defense is starting to whittle away a little bit, though. Jesse Bates and Von Bell yeah. are both free agents. You have both I saw some article safeties. online about Jesse Bates yep. not going to be back. <laughs> 
So the Jordan Schultz of the score broke news yesterday that Jesse Bates is very likely to sign elsewhere in free agency. Don't know if that was breaking news, but the Bengals, he was played on the franchise tag last year, which the Bengals really don't do. They're not going to pay him $13, $14, 15000000 million a year. He's going to walk. Von Bell's a guy I think I would bring back if I'm them. Big Von Bell guy. He's kind of anchored that defense. He's played really well. Jermaine Pratt's also a free agent as well. And our boy, Eli Apple. so they're going to need four new starters on defense I think they're going to probably want to maybe bring in some pass rush help as well Trey Hendricks is getting up there Um, I don't know how much like he's going to contribute to where he contributed in 2021 Um, they have they already have like DJ readers making a lot of money but DJ readers a really good player when he's in the lineup they're just a way better defense he single-handedly shuts down the run yeah if I'm them I'm going full investment in on I guess a tight end, right tackle, and then I'm I'm finding a way you know to DJ find DJ Reader was a uh, co- also a college uh, baseball player at Clemson. He was, so he played baseball and yeah. Football. Imagine him, a 300 pound man, stepping <laughs> into the box, taking <laughs> you deep. I need to see highlights of this. Yeah, and he he was a two way player too. He pitched and hit. It was he is an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> an athletic 300 pounder. We like yeah. that. We like that. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I think they just need to kind of. This is the team you got. When you have Jamar Chase, you have Joe Burrow, you have T. Higgins, you have a solid offense. Yeah, they're exactly. going to be good. Another thing is too, the Joe Joe Mixon could also be a ca- casualty on this team. I'd watch. Well, out for. that's something I wanted to talk about. Was yeah. I thought this was kind of quiet. Bengals were the number four overall DVOA run offense last year. They had a good run game. Mm-hmm. That was sneaky to me. Yeah. I think Joe Mixon will be back. Jesse Bates will definitely be a cap casualty. Like I mentioned, Higgins and Burrow are going to get their money. But that's why you drafted Dax Hill last year. He yeah, was good point. picked in the first round to be the Jesse Bates replacement. So I hopefully the hopefully the passing of the baton there isn't going to bring a big uh, decline in play. I think, I think that this division to me shapes up as Ravens versus Bengals. Assuming Lamar is back, this will be Ravens versus Bengals yeah. again. And it will be one of the toughest divisions to pick. Okay, I want to end. Let's end with the Browns conversation because I think that one's solid. I, I've got some takes on the okay. Browns. So let's get let's go to the Steelers. Uh, I guess let's start with this one. What is your take on Kenny Pickett? How good can Kenny Pickett be? I'm lower on Kenny Pickett than most. I have him in the Mac Jones bucket for me. I think that he is a at his best a nine and eight quarterback. Do you think he can get better than Mac? Like where do you think his ceiling is? I think his ceiling is nine and eight. Uh, okay. I I don't know if this is me looking too deep into it, but so for example, I'm a hockey coach at tryouts. When you're looking at guys, I want to look at players. I want to see what does that guy do well. What is his attribute that you're like, oh wow, that guy for hockey, like that guy has an amazing shot. Holy smokes! Oh, that guy's a great skater. What is Kenny Pickett's attribute where you're like, oh, this is why he is in the NFL. This is what he does better. Than every other quarterback. I think his mobility is nice. I think he's got good. I think he's got solid accuracy. Like I, I'm, I'm growing a Kenny Pickett. I'm becoming a Kenny Pickett dude. A little yeah, bit. I, I, I just I, don't. I, he's grown on me this year a lot. I think he could be. A, I think he has a chance to be a top ten quarterback. How big is that wow. chance? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we're 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 on different sides of the spectrum with Kenny Pickett. Um, <laughs> For sure. I don't know. I, I like him. I, I thought he showed some toughness last year. I thought he showed that he was able to kind of complete games. Here's a stat for you. Kenny Pickett in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter after Steelers came off the bye, I think that was about week 12, 70, 70% completion percentage, 
233 yards, 7.8 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, 115 passer rating. He was good in clutch moments. I know. I hated those. <laughs> He's just laughing at me with this one. Eh? No, but like Kenny Pickett would play really bad for like 75% of the game, and then he'd lead a game-winning drive, and everyone's like, Steelers got their guy, Kenny Pickett. And it was like, for me, it was like, if what he just played the- mediocre in the first half, this isn't even a close game. Like, Steelers are another logo team for me. Like, same thing applies for the Ravens. As long as we've been alive, this has been a competitive football they're gonna, team. They're going to have a win. They, they had a winning record again this year, right? Did Tomlin keep that? Did he keep going? it going? I don't know. That's a good question. But I just see this team always being competitive because of the way – that they build their roster. Yeah, they were nine and eight. They, nine that, and, see, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that last year, Tomlin didn't lose that. Streak. They overplayed their their talent level for sure. They absolutely did. But this defense last year was number twelve DVOA wise. And remember, TJ Watt missed a big chunk of this season. Yeah, they have a game changing player on the defensive side of the ball. As long as TJ Watt is suiting up, I don't see how this defense ever reaches the bottom half of the league. They they need the fixer pass defense. TJ Watt, of course, is a problem is an issue with that when he was injured, right? Like you don't have the best pass rusher in the NFL or top five pass rusher, or whatever, attacking the quarterback. I like I can't get the AJ Brown game out of my head against the Steelers. Like the Eagles pass offense just completely torched the Steelers pass defense. I know it was one game, but the mm-hmm. Steelers also did finish nineteenth in pass defense DVO, I believe. Uh yeah. yeah. So like they weren't a good pass defense all year. They also have Cameron Sutton, Cameron Sutton hitting free agency. Very good young cornerback or cornerback story. He's one of my favorite free agents on the market. Um, just speaking as an Eagles fan, if James Bradbury walks out the door and they want to fix, fill that hole through free agency, Cameron Sutton's a guy I would like. Like William Jackson is signed again this year, kind of a depreciating asset. Um, Terrell Edmonds is also a free agent. Uh, I think he's going to be drastically overpaid in free agency. Um, so I do. Wait, is, Terrell Edmonds is a free agent. Right, I think so. Yeah, so they, their their pass defense is going to look a lot different. So, and I think rightfully so. I think they do need to kind of mix up that uh, mix up that pass defense. So, hold on, I'm just looking at Terrell. I'm just grinding my teeth over here because I'm looking at their draft picks, and they have pick 33, courtesy of the Chicago Bears. Oh for, yeah, so that was a steal of a trade by the Steelers. Terrell Edmonds isn't a free agent. My apologies. Oh, he is a free agent. I keep getting him in the Bills linebacker. Tremaine, Mids, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. But they're both free agents. Anyways, they're going to have a different pass uh, defense. And, yes, that uh, Chase Claypool deal. Yeah, 33rd pick in the draft for Chase Claypool. I think that ended up being a home run trade for these guys because they're deep at the wide receiver position yeah. still. Uh, Deontay Johnson Are, I, didn't catch a touchdown last yeah, year, which is bizarre. one of those, like, what you always get those tweets at the end of the year, like, Kenny Galladay scored oh, yeah. more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson. I think Lane Johnson had more yeah. touchdowns than Kenny Galladay last year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think they probably use that draft pick to they, – they're they're very proactive in keeping that wide receiver room young, and they always inflect that position with the, with youth. So they'll probably use that 33rd pick on a wide receiver. I could Ke- see it. Like uh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are, are, are fine, but I'm mm. pretty sure you want another guy in there. And Pat Fryer-Moose, yeah. a nice tight end. And like they, this is a team that if – they should follow kind of the Eagles blueprint. Uh, they should follow like, I guess the Bengals blueprint. You have a quarterback on a rookie contract who's not making a lot of money. Invest in that offense. Exactly. Fine. They the uh, we talked about this also before the podcast that the Steelers' offensive line is fully coming back. But 
it was me- I guess they outplayed the the talent they had. They were mediocre, I guess. You said 20th ranked offensive line, something like that. They should probably invest in that position. They should find better tackles. What you just said, they should invest in that position. Yeah. Last year, they ranked 32nd in offensive line spending. I think it was by a lot, too, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't spend money at that position. And going into the year, I was shaking my head because you have a rookie quarterback, maybe spend some money on the O-line. And they got away with it, to be honest. If you looked at their talent on the offensive line and ranked them in the 20s, you'd say, wow, you're getting away with it because there's not a lot of talent there, but they overplayed. They they played above their shoulders, in my opinion. Fine wide receivers. You could maybe even get another tight end to help with Fryermuth. The other thing is, too, is kind of the elephant in the room here is Matt Canada is coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers' offense was one of the most unwatchable offenses over the last two years, yeah. he's coming back for third year. They said that they want continuity at that with Kenny Pickett. I could buy that argument a little bit. I thought this was a perfect time to rip off the Band-Aid and bring in your own offensive, co- a new offensive coordinator to work with Pickett. The offense needs to get more creative. They need better play calling. They just need the offense needs to take a massive leap this year if they want to compete. For sure, yeah. I was very, very surprised Canada was back. Yeah, it to be made honest. no sense. They were. There were moments this season where that offense was hard to watch, like you said. He seems to he seems to do a lot of motion mm-hmm. and then the, the motion for motion. a two for a two yard screen yeah, pass. Just like, the, yeah, using motion like, for the sake of using motion. Yeah, yeah, it just it looks like a complicated offense that doesn't end up being complicated. It's like a simple. It's weird. I don't know. But I can part of me can buy the continuity angle i do who was it was it baker mayfield was something like five offensive coordinators in five years i mean that's not easy it's also kenny pickett's second year so if you're gonna change the offensive coordinator you might as well do it now rather than next year but my overall take on the steelers is i think they're gonna be this again where they're number 18 overall dvoa offense number 12 Overall DVOA defense, nine, 9 and 8. eight. Yeah. They're going to be right in the middle of everything. I think this team is primed for big splashes this year, though. Like, if just go help your quarter. Go do something. Don't sit, Don't try to go for mediocrity. But you're right. It probably ends up like that. But I could see this team making a few big splashes this offseason. Compete with that division. Dethrone the Bengals and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Well, just we started by bringing up the Mike Tomlin streak. And I didn't realize they won – Four in a row, six out of their last seven to keep that streak alive. Yeah, that's so true. So you know if – so that would have meant that this team was three and three and seven, and they finished nine and eight. So you know that those guys play hard for Tomlin. Okay, let's finish it off with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Deshaun Watson, Warnsy. Well, how confident are you that Deshaun Watson can get back to his, I guess, 2020, 2019? I think 2020 was his best year, with, but the Texans were 4-12 and 12 that year. How confident are you that Deshaun Watson can lead the Cleveland Browns to a playoff spot, I guess? Ooh. I would say I'm low on that. I'm very low on him ever being a top five quarterback again. I'll give him... I'll give the top 10 nod to him i think there's an angle where he he is this season the seventh the eighth best quarterback not ready to go top five but just looking at this roster 
if Deshaun Watson is the eighth best quarterback in football, I don't think this team makes the playoffs. <laughs> they have too a lot, hard of a division. Yeah, they Dude, all, the AFC is stacked. They have a ton of holes to fill on the defensive side of the ton ball. Ton of like, holes. Okay, let's stick with Deshaun Watson though. I have a take on this situation. Can you? I'm not even gonna make you guess. I'll just say it. Out, there were 37 quarterbacks last year who played at least who took at least 200 snaps. Okay. Where do you think Deshaun Watson ranked out of those 37 quarterbacks? I guess I'll make you guess it. 28. 32nd. Wow. Where do you think Jacoby Brissett ranked on that list? 28. 12th. What? Jacoby Brissett was the 12th most efficient quarterback in the NFL. Is that PFF? It, it's, this is RBS, RSBDM site. It's, it's efficient, EPA per play. Okay. Jacoby Brissett was the 12th most efficient quarterback in the NFL when he was under center. Sean Watson was the 32nd. That is a massive gap. Now, the Browns also dealt with some injuries, and the season was kind of over at that point. Sean Watson was being dropped into an offense that he hasn't basically played for. There was a whole lot of circumstances surrounding Deshaun Watson where he wasn't going to succeed last year. I can buy that. But with Jacoby Brissett under center, the team was kind of in playoff contention. They were, they were moving the ball. The run game was going. And then I'm not saying Sean Watson ruined it all, but there was obviously a big change of the guard, and Sean Watson couldn't keep up. The Cleveland Browns are probably the worst franchise of our generation, maybe. Maybe the Detroit Lions can give a run for the money. Would you put I would I would say the Browns are the worst. Oh, yeah. Just because the only because that's me the respect I have for Calvin Johnson. He's yeah. one of my favorite players. I ever. think, yeah, I think it's the Browns because the Browns have always just been bad yeah the lions have been like they find stupid ways to be bad like yeah. the lions have put forth some good rosters the browns the are jags are kind of in that combo yeah. too but the jaguars the, i think the 2017 they, jags completely right like they had to run at a championship they game at least made one afc yeah, exactly. championship game. I, I think the browns are probably in the worst organization like there was a stretch where they went what 131 over that yeah, two season Hugh with, Jackson. with Hugh jackson right they have made like historically Historically bad decisions, um, especially at the quarterback position. This Deshaun Watson thing better work out for them oh. because there is a scenario here where this he is bad again. Again, the 32nd, the bottom five efficient quarterback in the NFL, and they are stuck paying him $46 million per season, fully guaranteed over the next four seasons. Like that is that is a scenario that they are and they are locked I'm, into Deshaun Watson. I don't have any hatred to the like Cleveland Browns, but I hope that happens so bad. Just because <laughs> I like, agree, they, I, I am I am avidly like like rooting against Deshaun Watson. Same. Could not hate an athlete more. Same, like I want them to be punished for paying this guy before he got all that stuff sorted out. I don't even know if it was sorted out. I don't know. Talk you, too much about that nonsense, yeah. but. I want them to regret paying him every single day until his contract is over. The list, I'm on like the Wikipedia page for the list of starting quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns since 2000. It is an absolute mind-boggling list. <sighs> like, I can't, I'll start from 2020. Colt McCoy, Jake Delholm, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Thad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Menzel, Connor Shaw. Who's Connor Shaw? Josh McCowan. <laughs> Austin Davis? Who's Austin Davis? Do you remember the uh, Cody Kessler? I remember Robert Griffin started a couple of games. Deshaun Kaiser, Kevin Hogan, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Nick Mullins, Jacoby Brissett, now Deshaun Watson. 
And what was the time frame of all this? This is 2010. Oh, this is over a 12 year span. You can even go back to Tim Couch in 2001. Tim Couch, Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCowan, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson. Brady Quinn, Derek Anderson, Bruce Gronkowski. Yeah, it's, he had a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Derek Anderson did have a year with Braylon Edwards. Yeah, in two thousand seven. Uh, like the the Browns have been just so bad at trying to plug and play the quarterback position. They went all in on Deshaun Watson. You can't change ownership. The Haslam ownership has been a rough. It's been one of the worst run franchises. Like we said, this Deshaun Watson thing has to work for them. Like or they are fucked over again. They are. St- it's fully guaranteed, baby. There ain't no moving off to Sean Watson. If you were to trade to Sean Watson right now, it would be a $160 million cap hit. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not. A, you are stuck with this guy. So, that is so funny. So I guess the transition from that take is how does you make this work with Sean Watson? What do, the, what do the Browns have to do? Okay. So they need a new backup running back. Two backup running backs. Kareem Hunt and Darren Johnson are walking out the door. I don't think Kareem Hunt's coming back. He wanted he wanted to be traded at the deadline. That didn't happen. They probably need another wide receiver as well, or maybe two. Like Amari Cooper is a great receiver, but he's like a 1A, 1B in my opinion. You're going to want to find another number one. The Browns also do have cap space this year to work with. I'm reading negative 13 million. So they they can they can restructure a ton of guys. They can restructure Deshaun Watson. You can restructure Amari Cooper. You can restructure Joel Petonio. You can structure Miles Garrett. They can create upwards of $38 million in cap space just from those moves. So find another wide receiver. I'm assuming another thing is, dude, they actually have good draft capital. With No first-round pick. Yeah, they have but they two, have a second, a third, two fourths, two fifths, yeah. a six, and a seven. So they're going to have to plug some holes there on the offensive it's side. A total of, the of eight picks. Yeah. You're right. They have picks. But only one inside the top 50, only two inside the top 100, and one of those, their third rounder is 99th. Yeah, I think it was, two, yeah, I think it's two in the top 100. So this team needs to, they need to help Deshaun Watson. The offensive line is fine. They need to get him some more playmakers. Amari Cooper and David Njoku can't be your, your two go-to guys. They need to drop at least another one in there. That's on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball, Warner, is rough. They need like a whole new front seven. Miles Garrett is, of course, a star, and it will be their number one, I guess, defensive player. They need to replace Taven Bryant. They need to replace Jadavion Clowney. They need to replace Sione Takitaki, and I'm assuming Jacob Phillips as well. Uh, JOK, uh, Jeremiah Owuso-Koromora is coming back from injury. Uh, Deion Jones is going to be walking a free agency. They need, like, so much front seven help. They need basically five new starters on, on that side of the ball. That's what I had circled here. They were uh, 28th DVOA-wise versus the run. They were awful against the run all they year. They got run yeah. over for a team that is kind of built, supposed to be built in the trenches. They're yeah. supposed to be the team that's doing the running. They got their everything reversed. It was a 180. They were getting run on all season. Jadavian Clowney, what? Wasn't there some weird stuff when at the end of the year, basically, he was like chirping his own teammates? Yeah, was, was him and Miles Garrett going at it or something? I, I thought he was yeah. chirping everyone on yeah. the team, basically. And like, Javon Clowney basically gave up on the season, it kind of sounded like. And he wonders why he only gets one-year deals everywhere he goes. <laughs> but <laughs> he'll, he'll probably be, sign another one-year deal. But the, crazy thing, is, the crazy thing is, was he was one of their most productive players on the defensive side of the ball last year. Denzel Ward is an elite corner. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Miles Garrett is as elite as it gets. So you have two, in my opinion, you have two blue chippers on that side of the ball 
But you're right. They just got to plug some holes here and get, there's no way with the, t when you have a defense with Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett, you should be finishing 23rd overall in DVOA defense. That's, that's unacceptable. Another aspect of this too is Jim Schwartz isn't their new defensive coordinator. I like that. Historically good run defenses in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I only looked at Philadelphia. 2018, they were eighth. 2019, they were second. 2020, even that 2020 disaster year, they were 15th. Like Jim Schwartz has been very good at stopping the run. I'm assuming that was a big reason why they hired him. Like Jim Schwartz, great defensive coordinator. Love that hire. So he's going to have his say on the players they bring in. The defense is just going to look so much different. It's kind of hard to see what the. Uh, what route they go like they could they need safety help as well like Grant Delpit and DeAnthony Bell aren't going to do it do it for you Denzel Ward like you said is a great corner Greg Newsom is kind of a guy that they really like in the building but you're looking at six probably new starters on this side of the ball with Jim Short so it's kind of hard to say how that's going to look and how good they're going to be but it all comes down to Deshaun Watson man how good is this guy going to be he needs to be a top 10 quarterback for this team to have any success next year and I would bet against that yeah well I'm we're both rooting against yeah. it. We'll see what rooting happens. Rooting and betting. Okay. I think that's it for the AFC North. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. AFC is in the books. We got about, I think, free agency opens on Monday. We got, not this Monday, next Monday. So we got about nine days to, to uh, cram in the entire NFC. We'll be starting that early next week. Make sure to check out our, helps, our sponsor, BetterHelp, and we will talk to you later. Hey, everyone. You know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously. But there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy. But that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours, and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Double Doing Podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode.